0: this is hr in review a podcast dedicated to hr thought leadership actionable advice and all the latest developments in human resource management
1: welcome to another episode of the hr in review show hello this is bill bannam your guest host today and joining me on this episode is james Hems, head of hr people and culture over at Blue Wave Technology. Uh, I'm also delighted to say that recently, James joined me and the team at uh, Disrupt HR Cambridge, and he's now one of the co-organizers. Hey James, welcome to the show today.
2: Hi Bill, great to be here. Thanks for having me on uh, Christmas month in December.
1: Yes, yes, we're recording this episode in early December. So it's uh, getting dark out there and it's certainly a bit chilly, listeners. Uh, James, beyond my wee introduction, there why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners a bit more about yourself and what do you get up to over at blue wave technology
2: thanks bill so first of all yeah partner to um a loving selena and father as well to a little boy called ezra and then we have a rescue called Aquila. so that's kind of the, the human side of me and then in the professional world, um, as you mentioned, head of HR, people, and culture at Blue Wave. And for those who are just wondering who on earth Blue Wave is, we work with Salesforce as a consulting partner. So helping organizations of all shapes and sizes all across the world with everything from sales and marketing to communities and all sorts from charity to the private sector, really. And then my fun task is trying to keep what is a fully remote organization connected together engaged productive and really a big part of the remote side is their physical and mental well-being up as well so I'm definitely keep myself on my toes
1: okay so you told me a little bit about yourself and uh, the mission over at blue wave technology um let's talk a little bit about disrupt then if you don't just for a moment, you and I met at a meetup in Cambridge in the summer of twenty twenty three and uh, <clears throat> we had a jolly good time and uh, we we got to know each other a little bit and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, you are now one of the co-organizers of the Disrupt Cambridge chapter, and uh, to wet your feet, so to speak you did a talk as did i my first talk actually at uh, disrupt hr cambridge <coughs> excuse me uh in october november 2023 uh, the crowd went wild for you T- tell us a bit more about your experience at disrupt
2: yeah it was quite a journey i suppose as you say it was only my second real disrupt hr event the first full one i went to was in london um With some big name hitters there as well, uh, Chris Perry and the like that if you, you know, do LinkedIn or Google search, then they were very influential people. So I was sort of in awe from the London event and realized what I'd sort of challenged myself with with the Cambridge one. I suppose from that perspective was just delving into something that I was really passionate about talking about, which was to do with recognition and actually trying to cram it into five minutes which is the essence of what these talks of disrupted are about is making them high energy and snappy and to the point was um was really interesting and oh I was really nervous before the event in the run-up to the event uh, the night before uh, on the day and then you're on the stage and obviously you're talking about something that you're just naturally and intrinsically motivated by that it just goes so quickly and then yeah the reaction afterwards both in the room and online afterwards has been just incredible um so for anyone that's wanting to put themselves in a challenge maybe 2024 new year challenge etc then i think it's definitely worth giving it a go
1: i would agree uh so i went up pretty soon after james and did my talk and uh, i just talked really fast for five minutes but you do get a nice buzz once it's done and uh hopefully the the crowd enjoys your talks and whatnot and uh actually before we hit record today james and i were both planning our next talks which probably going to be at the milton Keynes edition of disrupt cambridge in april so watch this space and then hopefully you can join us listeners uh, James, it is a pleasure to have you involved as a co-organizer. You're, you're also involved with different HR communities in the Cambridge area, either online or in person. So, for example, you lead uh, a pretty a pretty impressive LinkedIn group for HR pros in Cambridge. Why don't you tell us a bit more about that and any other HR-related groups that you're involved with?
2: Sure. Um, so the LinkedIn group, simply called Cambridge HR, I was an adopter of, um, it originally sprung up some years before I even was an HR professional, uh, would you believe? And I really stumbled upon it as a result of the lockdowns and moving to remote work and really realizing I really wanted to connect with other HR professionals um, and realistically people that I would then be able to meet in person. So I stumbled upon it and found out it was a little bit dormant and following that process and stumbling upon Disrupt HR and some of the other groups, I've really been trying to drive, uh, I guess, rejuvenate such groups so that we have some of these in-person interactions and the virtual world is is fantastic and the digital world has has really evolved. Um, but I do enjoy that in-person interaction and so being able to breathe new life into these networks has um, been something that I've really enjoyed putting my energy into. Um, so if anyone does want to stumble upon it, so it's a good drop-in area to then sort of find out who else is in the region um, and then from there we tend to signpost other events that are taking place, whether it be Disrupt, HR Ninja or of the likes typically that are happening free and for the kind of HR professional community, so that we have the opportunity not to just work in our silos in our organisations, but genuinely have a chance to lift up our heads and find out what other people are up to.
0: This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat Podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR talent and tech experts.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay. So you are an HR practitioner uh, working for a cool tech company. And unlike a lot of tech companies out there at the moment you guys are hiring which is amazing to hear uh can you can you share any of your experiences of the hiring process for you guys at the moment in terms of the quality of candidates you're able to attract what are some of those challenges when looking for candidates what what are some of the challenges and opportunities during the recruitment and onboarding process anything really there that you'd like to share
2: the first piece i think there is to your point that we are hiring, which, as you say, is, in some respects, bucking the, the bigger trend um, that's taking place in, in our tech environment. And as opposed to that, that's actually something that's come out of being maybe a little more cautious during, I guess, the the first couple of years in the 2020s. And that's meant that we are then growing our headcount as our business grows rather than growing headcount on the anticipation that our business Mm -hmm. will grow. And from that perspective, it has kind of two things, which is, there's a lot of people that have been um, a little bit burnt over the last couple of years. So they're a little bit more cautious during that kind of recruitment and attraction process, um, probably asking some more deep questions about sustainability of the business what trajectory is the business on um where before you know people would just say oh you're hiring fantastic good to hear you know what's the job how much does it pay so kind of people are asking more more depth with their questions and then from our side as an employer it does mean that we are having to ask a few more I guess, character based questions, because it's not about just, can you find the right individual from a skills perspective, but are you finding the right individual from a personality and character perspective? Because we are fully remote and that comes with a lot of autonomy and a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom and trust. And so to continue to be as productive, as effective as we are. That trust is definitely a two-way street and um, hiring the right person and not just the right skills is really important to that perspective. And I don't think that can be underestimated because it's very easy for someone to sort of have a really good CV, tick all the boxes from the kind of attributes and accreditations. But when it comes to day one, working remotely, you need to be self-sufficient, that's a a skill set in itself but it's a lot harder to sort of pull out during a recruitment process.
0: If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Any gen- generational differences that you've noticed in the hiring process? james uh we talk about this on the show quite a bit some of our guests have strong opinions about this others say nah they're all essentially the same uh, do you see any big changes differences between say uh, gen Zers and millennials in terms of what they want from a job what they want to connect with what what the uh what the motivations are for joining a particular company
2: there are some i mean at I- If you kind of scratch all the surface and get to the absolute core of it, then people want to have a role that they feel is purposeful, where they feel valued, where they work, uh, where they feel what they do has a genuine impact. And those things are broadly going to be the same across the entire demographic spectrum. I'd say some of the pieces that are differing is where someone is particularly an experienced hire they've gone through a lot of that career development and learning process to become at the kind of expert level or master level of their profession and in that guys, they are not necessarily in a learning phase of their career and they might be in fact in a phase where they may be seeking to coach or mentor others um, although that's not necessarily the case with all in, in some positions due to the bigger kind of life and work commitments, there's more in a position where they are really seeking to be able to do the job, do it well, and then sort of close it, close it down, shut the door, so to speak, and then, and then continue on with their personal life. Um, whereas, as you say, millennial or Gen Z, um, what we're seeing is that ask and request of what is that training program what is that career development pathway who you know what kind of mentors or coaching might i find here and especially for us given our remote nature how am i going to be able to sort of sort of agnostically learn and sort of observe and learn from others in an environment where I'm not just sitting next to them listening to their phone call or in that same same meeting environment necessarily um, and where I can't just quite so easily grab them by the coffee cooler. So there is definitely a slight difference at the more detail level in that aspect. But at the main point about having a fulfilling job, then those are kind of fundamental across any age group. From from my perspective, and I'm sure there'll be, as you say, it's it's an area of debate from many different perspectives.
1: I would certainly agree with that. Um, say so you've had a fairly unusual entry into the wonderful world of HR, James. How did that come about? Can you can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Yeah, sure, Bill. And um, for those that yeah, if you're just kind of curious about that, so. I actually entered the world of the HR profession via IT which as you can guess is is obviously a perfectly standard way of entering the HR profession um but it really came about from i guess an intrinsic piece really that I've enjoyed being in some shape or form whether a manager in in you know direct responsibility for others or in a matrix environment or even where I've not been directly responsible for people but naturally affinity kind of a natural affinity to galvanizing teams together or people together to help us all achieve a common goal and ultimately although I'd started off in i guess actually in the teaching profession ultimately and then into education and then into technology uh, as a project manager it manifested itself in that um intrinsic motivation of supporting the individual uh, particularly in a team environment and that happened to stumble upon working on a hr project and that combination of hr and having that it although they seem quite at odds to each other, you know, sort of the the numbers, the black white of technology, ones and zeros, and the very uh, emotional intelligence side, and the very gray areas of people, happened to just really gel when I was kind of working with them. And that led to the opportunity of joining the actual HR profession in a employee experience and, and benefits role, which probably makes sense, really. The benefits area is kind of quite black and white, very numerical, analytical, um, delivery of projects. Sorry about that. And then the side of the the human with the gray areas of people experience and understanding that one size isn't fits all and, and how you're going to have to do with those nuances.
1: What are the top one two three things that you love about being an hr practitioner
2: I have to say the variety because you're not going you have your projects and you have your business as usual as you have with with many other roles um that you'll find in, in the, the world of work but you but every person is different and you don't necessarily know what that person might ask of you next whether it be help whether it be advice whether it's um directly about themselves or maybe a colleague where they're seeking how do i give feedback to someone else or an issue that's arisen all of those things there are so many variables that that unpredictability unpredictability leads to that kind of variety and that challenge and i guess following on from that because of all of those variety and challenges then those experiences you have are really unique um and they're not going to sort of uh blur and repeat repeat and ri- uh, rinse and repeat as they are in maybe some of the other professions where you're kind of doing the same turnkey kind of roll over and over again just maybe applying a different color coat of paint or or something and all of that comes to then an element of when you do achieve and deliver something, those outcomes are human. They're not sort of just, Hey, we completed the project. You can now turn the machine on the machine works. Um The end result is, is often quite emotional um, for the, for the person you're helping. And so those things together, just, just make the HR profession, one of the fantastic ones. And on top of all that, it is going through, I think it's quite commonly phrased, a transformational period. We were going through, a, it was kind of a, an administrative to begin with, and it became kind of more managerial and operational. And then it's moved into its strategic, but now it's going from strategic to transformational and really becoming a driving force of how businesses aim to be successful long term rather than simply an execution of the wider business trying to achieve business outcomes. It's now part of that business transformation. So I think that's really the opportune moment to be joining the HR
0: profession. Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook.
1: Exciting times, listeners. There we go. Uh, okay. The next two questions that I'm going to ask of you, James, are questions that we ask of all of our guests on the HR in Review show. Okay. The first one goes as follows If you could pass on one crucial lesson that you've learned in your career in one minute or less, what would be your top tip for HR pros and leaders?
2: Go. So, in that hiring process, my biggest one is taking a step back and really understanding what is the real attitude behavior and characteristics you want from the individual that's going to be performing that role because particularly in the tech space it's very easy to see as i mentioned before from a cv whether someone has those computational and technical skills, or if they've done certain experiences, but what you really want to discover, particularly now we're talking more about companies having values, mission statements, purpose statements, and culture. Is that person aligned to your mission, your purpose, your culture? Are they adding value from those perspectives rather than simply helping to fill a gap in your organization? And so that's the piece. I would really strongly advise is make sure as part of your recruitment process, you're asking questions around someone's individual who they are and not just what they can do and why they want to do it at your company so that you're really finding out are they aligned to those cultural and value pieces, not just they can do this job, therefore they should get the job.
1: Yes, we hear this a lot on the show. It's about skills-based hiring and culture fit. Okay, the next question, and you can take over a minute on this one, maybe up to two minutes. What about that? Uh, Here we go. Uh, What is the single biggest change, James, that you think will happen in HR and leadership over the next five to 10 years?
2: Oh, you see, I think if you asked me that a few years ago, I'd have probably said the AI piece, but I think that's a bit almost already exists now in so many shapes or forms. I think a lot of people thought it only started when ChatGPT kind of released itself. But if you think actually at how much sentiment analysis and how Google search already predicts what you're going to type and things like that, we already have a lot of that actually. Whether we're using it or not is probably something a little bit different. So I think the next piece of that puzzle now is really in the five to 10 years coming is how we're actually going to use that effectively you know i think think back probably 10 years before us at this point in time we were talking about data and how data was so important now we have too much data and it's about trying to find good data from bad data and actually being able to analyze the data so that we actually get some meaningful information out of it so i think the same probably piece applies now with the kind of ai space we've got AI startups um, coming out, out of our ears, left, right, and center, but it's now trying to figure out which ones are the actual good pieces of AI that we can actually use effectively so that they actually add to our value in the HR space and aren't sort of distractions and funny, shiny pieces of technology that we think are cool but really don't actually do anything for us. And all of those things told, you know, the repeat thing that we hear from leaders, not just from the HR side of the leadership functions, but how in almost every guise, people are the most important asset. And I think that that phrase, although has been told for many decades now, I think that that phrase is now starting to become more of a reality than it ever was before. And I think that will continue to, to be the piece that aligns more and more
1: and just finally for this particular conversation james i'm sure we'll get you on again and you and i are going to be hanging out for the foreseeable future i'm afraid as we uh, as, as we endeavor to uh, grow the cambridge communities um but just for today to wrap things up how can our listeners learn more about and connect with you so is that linkedin are you all over cool places like tiktok do you want to share your email address tell us more
2: yeah, funny enough, for a technology uh, HR person, I'm I'm not big on the user of TikTok myself. I think it might be one of those self-preservation things. I, I don't want to accidentally send something that I'll later regret in life. I think um, from the connections piece, the easiest way to connect with me is LinkedIn. It is uh, James Hems, and I'm sure we'll we'll add a little something so you can find it easy enough. Um, and then also disrupt HR and the the Cambridge version of that. And so hopefully listening to this, I will have inspired some of you to attend and just just maybe inspired some of you to connect with either Bill or myself to say, hey, I wanna give this speaking thing a go at Disrupt HR and set myself the challenge in 2024. So from that perspective, I look forward to meeting you, supporting you in your five minute speech. And let's bring on 2024.
1: Wonderful. That just leaves me to say for today, James, my friend, thank you very much for being my guest.
2: Always. Thank you for having me, Bill.
0: The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HRReview or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.